Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. So I spoke a couple of weeks ago um, about the moment when uh, Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit uh, descended upon him and led him out into the desert for fasting 40 days, 40 nights, then to be tempted uh, by the devil. And I've, I've had this kind of on my heart and my mind that right after that, when Jesus stepped into the ministry, um, like what his first words of, of speaking to all who would listen, were. Before we get to that, I, I just wanted to share and say something about, you know, in, in baptism, when Jesus was baptized, he was baptized to identify with us in submission to God. And in baptism, when we get baptized, we baptize to identify with him and his death on the cross for us, for our sins, that being buried, raised again. And, and when we are baptized, we are saying, I, I submit to you, God. I trust you. And I want to make this representation of, of my commitment to you to be baptized, taken under that water, being that representation of being buried dead, that old dead body going in the ground and being raised back up to new life. And that's what baptism is all about and means. And we're having baptisms next week. And I say that to say, if you haven't been baptized, you feel God tugging on your heart to be baptized, please talk to us, uh, tell us, uh, because we would love to do that next week. And, and also for those that aren't going to get baptized, that to be here and to be excited about the moment that we're going to have with those that are getting baptized next week, right? Because it's a moment for us too that we get to celebrate and, and just watch God do what he does in us. So right after this moment when Jesus was baptized, led by the Spirit out for fasting 40 days, 40 nights, then tempted. And the Bible says that immediately after that, he went out. In Matthew 4, 17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This call to repentance is, is like as basic to Jesus' ministry and his preaching and his call as just about anything. This is what Jesus spoke to people whenever he was preaching. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in this, I hope to, to talk about what repentance is and what it means to us, what it does in us, because the, the meaning of repentance isn't just that there's 
change of, of how we do things. It's not just a behavior change because we can change our behavior without repentance. We can do actions without repentance. Like I, I can be a good, a good boy, right? A good girl. I'm a good girl. At least I try to be, you know? Not, not me. I'm not a good girl. I'm a good boy. I'm just saying you could say this if you're a girl. Gosh. You guys are messing me up. Okay. I'm a good boy or a girl. Is what we like to say or want to say. And we can do that on our own. We can change the way that we act and what we do without God. But that's not the point. See, the point is, in repentance, is something happens on the inside. Something happens in us because of our repentance and our heart towards God. And saying, I I need God to do something in my life so that I can be more like Him. And whenever I come to that point of understanding that I need Him, I need Him to do something in my life, I come before Him and I repent, then something changes in me, in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. There's change because of that repentance. And then my actions aren't just about being good. My actions or our behavior is about living a life that is centered around Christ that ends up being those things that we need to do and are good things. Right? That, that is, see, I think a lot of times we, we get the, the things out of order. Those things, the, the actions and the changes in our behavior are a product of the relationship and the repentance and the change in us. They're not the repentance. That's not the thing. It's what happens after we are changed. In Luke 5.32, again, just giving a couple of scriptures of, of Jesus speaking this to those that would listen. In Luke 5.32, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. In Luke 13.3, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The first and most prevalent demand of Jesus' ministry was to repent. He calls us to repentance, to come before Him and, and to fall before God, and and to say, God, I need you. I I can't do this on my own. I repent. I can't do this without you. And this word repent, the Greek word behind this English word that we read in our Bibles is metaneo. And it has two parts. There's a couple of things that I guess I want to kind of pull out of, of this to kind of help us understand that it's about, it's about not just our behavior, but it's about the change that happens in us. 
And the word metaneo has two parts. It's meta and then neo. And the second part, neo, it refers to a change in the mind of thoughts and perceptions and dispositions and purposes. The first part means movement or change. So it's talking about a change in our mind and our perception. A change in the way that we see things. And in repentance, what happens in true repentance when we come before God, not just that, hey, my actions change, but my mind is changed. See, my mind isn't focused on myself anymore. My mind and my spirit are focused on God. There's a change in what we're seeking after. It's either self or God. And in repentance, we realize that we've sinned before God, that we need Him, that we can't do it on our own, and we need that change. We say, God, I repent. Help me to be more like you. Secondly, in Luke, whenever it's talking about repentance, it's, it tells us that there is something, the changes in us that causes, that it's something more than, than just us being good. In Luke 3, 8, it says, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. A couple of things here. First of all, he, he calls them out. It seems basically that he's seeing kind of who they are and he knows what their reaction is going to be and is like, look, we're good Christian people. We we are actually here in the church, you know? That's what he's saying by saying, don't, don't even tell me, like, oh, Abraham's our father. He says, because God, if he wanted to, could raise up descendants of Abraham from these stones. That doesn't really mean anything. And you can't just say, oh, I don't have to repent because my family went to church. I don't have to repent because I went to church whenever I was a kid or whatever. Like I, I grew up in this. This is, is he's, he's laying this out that it's something that we all need. And not just once, but continually. And he says, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. The people ask him, well, well, then what should we do? What does this mean? What, what should we do? And then he said, well, if, if somebody among you has, has two coats, two pair of clothes, and there's someone around that, that doesn't have any, then, then you should give one of those to somebody that's in need, that somebody that doesn't have. And then some more ask, 
well, what, is, what does this mean, and what should we do? And he says, if you have more food than you need, give it to those that don't have, so that they have enough to eat. It means that re- repentance is something that happens in us that causes change in our heart and mind toward God and toward people. It does something in us. The repentance is an inward rectifying of who we are that changes what we do. That's what Jesus did, was He demanded that we experience this, this inward change. You know, I, I think about this and, and you know, think like, man, I've, you know, I repented and I asked Christ into my life. I wanted to be my Lord and my Savior, you know, and so I'm good, right? But man, I got angry on the road. Not this morning, because, but... You know, even this week, you know, our people in the parking lot at Target are just silly, you know? It's wild. Nobody knows how to drive. Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and you get this, oh, people. And he's saying, no, 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 no. See, repentance, there's something you need to repent for because repentance makes you think of others, not in anger, but wanting to help them. Maybe I should have got out of my car and it's like, hey, you want me to tell you? No, not tell you. Help you. Do you want me to help you with what you're doing? Anyway, okay. See, telling them would be me. Helping them would be God. Okay. Repentance changes us. The parable of the the prodigal son, talking about Jesus' view of of sin, it says that, that the prodigal son ran off with his inheritance and squandered it on just whatever he wanted and prostitutes and just living how he wanted to live and and just doing whatever he wanted to do. He squandered it on reckless living. And then he comes back home and he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. In this story, Jesus is reminding us that that reckless living and living a life of just self-pleasure or doing what we want is is not just harmful to our lives, but it's harmful to our relationship with God. And it's a sin against God. This is what this story, because see, this this son realized, of course, he ran out of money because his father was the one that had the wealth, right? Our Father, God, is the one that has the wealth. If we feel good right now and just want to go off and do things on our own, eventually that's going to run out and we're going to realize we need God. 
will end up living in a pigsty, right? Eating with the pigs. Realize that, that God is, is what we need and that we've sinned before Him and we need to come back in repentance. And that's what that son did after he squandered all of his money. He came back and said, I've sinned against you. So I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But what does his father do? The father says, no, 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 you're my son. Let's throw a party. And that's what happens. That's repentance. And that's what God does. He doesn't say, no, you can't be my son. He says, I welcome you back with open arms. Thank you for coming back. You're my son. Essential nature, the nature of sin is it's a, an offense or an assault against God. In Luke eleven four, 4, it says, and forgive us our sins. This is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And it says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, what he's saying here is, he's saying, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. He's relating, relating our, our sins to God, to debts that are owed toward us in forgiveness. So he's relating this to debt, and that's what it is. Our sins are an offense and a debt that we have before God. I'm indebted. I've sinned against him. I've come short. I'm in the red. I can't make it up. I don't have enough. I'm in debt to God. But see, that's the amazing thing about what Jesus did is he paid that debt for us. Right? And Marcus says, and the Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom. He paid our ransom. We were being held captive. There was a ransom note that says, hey, they owe. We need money. He says, I'll pay that debt. I'll, I will pay that ransom for my people. Repentance means it's experiencing a, a change of heart and soul mind that sees God as we truly should. Seeing Him, understanding what He's done for us and understanding that we need, we need Him and when we see Him that way, we see that, God, I, I need you. I, I, I can't do this without you. Then I, I, don't, I don't care if I repented yesterday or two minutes ago for, you know, ten things. And I look at God and see how much I need Him. I'm going to repent for everything. Even if I don't know what it is, I'm like, God, I repent. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry because I just want to be close to you. 
See, no one's, no one's excluded. See, Jesus didn't make this a prerequisite for some and not for others. You know, Luke 13, 1 through 5, a bunch of people came to him telling him about what had happened. And when they're telling him this story, he comes back, and it's just so, ugh, it gets me. And I think about when we say, oh, God, look at those people. Look how bad they are, or look what happened over here. And then he says, can we just look right here? Maybe we should look within ourselves. Stop looking around. In Luke 13, 1, it says, There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Because they suffered such things? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you... See this thing? Did you see what happened? What Pilate did and, and what happened to those people and he's seeing their thoughts and understanding what they're saying and what they're even thinking and, and is like, what's going on here? This, this terrible stuff happened to these people. You know, is it because they're sinners and because they're really bad? He's saying, let's stop thinking and looking at them. He says, because all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short. He says, he says, look, do you think that they were worse sinners than you because something bad happened to them? He says, why don't we look at you? Why don't we look at ourselves and understand that unless you repent, you'll perish. All He's saying all of us need Repentance. All of us have fallen short. All of us are in need of a loving God that so graciously extended beyond heaven to come down to us to, to give His Son as a sacrifice and that ransom for us. All of us. When Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance, He didn't mean that some people were good enough and some people weren't. What He's actually speaking of is that some people think they're good enough and need repentance. Some people don't think they're good enough. They still need repentance. And then some have already repented, so they're already righteous. Saying we all need it. It just depends on where you're at in that process. 
in the story of the rich young ruler, Jesus gives this gives us this picture of someone that's trying to justify themselves, being righteous. And this story in the scripture I spoke on last week, and it, it's sticking with me. I'm going to read it again. It fits in here too also. That we can either try to justify ourselves or we can see how much we truly need Him and just fall before Him and ask for repentance. We see the rich young ruler try to justify himself. And in this scripture here in Luke 18.9, we see a Pharisee try to justify himself. In Luke 18.9, it says also, spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. I, I want to stop there for a second. He spoke these things, and it says specifically, he spoke this parable, he spoke these things to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And of course, when we think we're righteous, when we trust in ourselves, then we despise others. It's, it's kind of like goes hand in hand. In verse 10, it says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. It's right over here. It said, I fast twice a week. You guys remember this from last week? So I'm so glad I'm not like these other guys who are bad guys. I'm glad I'm such a good guy and I do all the right things. God, I'm so thankful that, that I myself do all the right rituals and do, I read my Bible in and, and that I come to church and I do all. It's like, I, I just see that. I hear this and I hear our, when, when we ourselves are saying, I, 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 I. Ay, ay, ay. And even when things are good, even when we are doing sometimes the right things, we start talking about ourselves instead of God. We start seeing ourselves doing these things instead of God doing these things in us and through us. We, we forget that the only reason that we can even live this righteousness or holiness or try to at least is because of God and because of his strength and because of who he is and because of what he's done in us and what he's doing in us right now. And we start doing like this Pharisee. It's like, I thank God I'm not like these, these other people, even this tax collector. I give. 
I fast. I do all this stuff. I love that even in this story, this verse 13, and what is said about the tax collector, it's even so short. I love the fact that it's just so, it's not about the length of, or the eloquency of what you say. It's, it's It's about the heart. It's about where our heart is. Because the Pharisees, was, he was just listing all these things, you know, of course. Being completely selfish and thinking about himself and thinking he was such a good guy and forgetting that there was a relationship that he needed to have with God. But here in verse 13, the tax collector came and it says, and the tax collector standing afar off, standing back, wouldn't even come in close. It says, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The tax collector, of course, everybody is like, those tax collectors, They're sinners, they're swindlers, they steal people's money, all this stuff. The Pharisee couldn't see that he was just as much a sinner as the tax collector. That he needed to repent just as much as the tax collector. The Pharisee didn't repent. He was just saying he's thankful because he thought he was so awesome. This tax collector comes. He doesn't even come, he doesn't even come up so close because he, I, I mean, I don't, listen, I've literally talked to people that, that felt like, I, I don't even know if I can, I, I don't even know if I can come in the doors of the church. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can come, come in. I, I, I don't know what will happen. Sometimes it's because maybe they feel like people don't want them in there, but, but sometimes I, I believe that, that, that they're even scared and, and so just torn. It's not about that you sit on the front row. This guy wasn't on the front row. It's about that he came, and and even though he couldn't come in close, he just imagine. I mean, the way that it tells us is that he he couldn't even lift up his eyes. I, I feel so unworthy and so just dirty and in such a mess that I, I don't know even, even if I can look up to you, God. I, I don't even know. It says he would not raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast. He beat, he's just like, God, 
You can see the anguish in him. So I need you. God, be merciful to me. The deal is, is, is that he understood that he needed to repent. Do we understand that we need to repent? We all need repentance. Jesus said, all need to repent or we will perish. We will likewise perish. What did he mean by perish? He meant that there's a day coming when we stand before God and There'll be this time when God comes and asks, talks with us. He's this judgment. People don't like to talk about it nowadays. But there's a time coming when we will be judged on our, not our actions, but, but what has happened in us because of our view of God and who He is and how we've allowed Him to change us and what we've allowed Him to do in us. Matthew 12, 41, it says, The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. He's talking about the Old Testament story of Jonah. You know, Jonah and the whale. He was in the belly of the whale because he didn't want to preach to these sinful people. And God says, no, nope, I'm going to swallow you up, spit you out where you need to go. Sometimes God does that to us. Because I want you to preach to my people. I want you to speak of who I am. I want you to ask them to repent. And Jesus is telling his story and he says, listen, these people of Nineveh, those that were so sinful, but because Jonah eventually listened to God and, and went to them and told them to repent, and because they repent, they will be also ones that come up in this judgment and condemn even you today that do not repent. So the men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation. He's talking about, like, there's going to be a time of judgment. A time where there's a reckoning of, of what our life is and, and how we've come before God. Because they repented at the at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Someone greater than Jonah is here. Do we know that we need to fall before him and repent? We know that we need him. Do we know that there's stuff in our lives that we can repent for?
Do we understand that it's not just some, but all of us that need to fall before Him in repentance? And I don't know, I just, I just feel more and more over the past little bit, and especially since the beginning of the year, just this call to, of course for myself, but then also for, for all of us, all of, all of God's people, this call to repentance. I, I, I want to repent for just doing it like I've always done it. See, I, I could think of many things. For maybe just getting comfortable with, with my walk with God a little too much and maybe getting a little too comfortable with just going with flow and allowing things to happen and causing me not to lead like I should. See, it's not, it's not all just about like, hey, I did this really bad thing last night. Because I feel God calling, saying these things to me, saying, will you come before me in repentance for not really, truly giving yourself over to all that I want to do through you? Will you see that, and I'm, for the past couple of minutes, I've been talking about myself, by the way, if you didn't realize that. Will, will you see that you've been holding back? W will you see that, that you haven't actually been letting me do all that I want to do through you? I share that to say. I came to this place realizing that I needed to repent. And to say that we all have these moments, these things. And I believe that God is just speaking. He's saying, look, when we see these things, when we realize, we realize that sometimes we're being like the Pharisee, saying, look how good I am, or I'm glad I'm not like that guy. When we realize that, that we've been acting selfish or not fully allowing God to use us or, or, or any of these things, that we're in a moment in need of repentance. And again, this scripture that I just read that, about the tax collector and the Pharisee it hit me so hard. And because I, I, I as I was reading and I, I, I was thinking about God, do I, do I see myself like the tax collector? Or do I see, or, or am I just like the Pharisee? 
do I realize that I truly am, no matter how I view myself, I am the tax collector. I am the sinner. I am the one. No matter how I think I am or who I view myself to be, do I see that I, I am that tax collector and I need you. And I am so sinful that, that I... It's hard to even come close or even lift my eyes to look up towards you because I feel so ashamed that I've held back or that I've sinned against you. But God, I repent. Can you forgive me? Can you use me? Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.